welcome to CFL Weekly. I'm Matthew Cause. That is Aaron Karolnik. And you are listening to the TSN Radio Network. AK, it is the final week. The final week of the CFL season. Where has the time gone? This is so exciting. The playoffs begin next week. Not that excited for the Montreal-Edmonton showdown out east, but that West game. And we'll see who it's going to be, whether it's Calgary, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan. Two of those three teams will be playing. And, man, that matchup is going to be awesome. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. Absolutely it is. And uh, you're right. With out east, everything's been decided. Um, But this is all about Calgary. This is about Winnipeg. This is about Saskatchewan and where these teams are going to fit. You know what? I I got a lot of thoughts, but let's get to three and out. Let's get to three and out first and give us a little bit more time on the back end. I should remind people also, our guest today, it's one of our favorite. It is Rod the Bod Smith. Pretty bad voice on Rod Smith. Not really. He doesn't really enunciate yeah. well. He's a very meek sounding High guy. High pitch. Yeah. He's like, hey guys, I love the <laughs> CFL. He'll be joining us a little bit. But first, let's get to three and out. First down. And for first down, here is Davis Sanchez. It's one of the biggest questions, and I wrote about it for CFL.ca. Shameless plug. Did Zach Caleros cement himself as the starter for the Bombers? If he was just okay in that game, Zach Caleros would have been the starter come playoff time. But he was better than okay. Uh, Zach really cemented himself as the guy by coming in there. And look, there's been a lot of conversation about his injury history. Would he be timid in the pocket? I saw none of that. I saw a Zach Caleros out there that kept his eyes downfield, that stood tall in the pocket, that was not concerned with the rush. That allows playmakers to make plays. He looked great out there. So here's my question. And it is going to, who do you think Mike O'Shea is going to start in the playoffs two weeks uh, two weeks from now? It's funny. Everyone's talking about Calgary. Everyone's talking about Saskatchewan. But Winnipeg deserves a lot of conversation because we don't know. Will it be Chris Trevler or, or, or uh, Zach Caleros? We know. It's going to be Zach Caleros for sure. And you take away even what he did last week in that comeback win against the Stamps. Very impressive performance from Caleros. I was shocked, honestly, that he was able to do what he was able to do considering all the things stacked against him. His lack of play this year, the injury concerns, a tough situation against a very strong Calgary defense. He was more than adequate, and I think ultimately you're going to see Caleros start. You're going to see Chris Strebler mixed in on second and short situations, maybe a trick play or two. It's Caleros' team from here on out. I don't even think there's a discussion. Here's what impressed me about Zach Caleros. You know what um, they did? You know what Winnipeg did? They came from behind. They trailed at four different points in that game, including by, I believe it was eight points to start the fourth quarter, against who I think is the best team in the West in Calgary, and they got it done. I like the fact that you could see him push the ball downfield. You saw one long throw early. You saw the the Kenny Lawler 25-yard touchdown, something that Streveler doesn't do. Now, my concern is he had one interception, but Calgary dropped a bunch of very easily catchable balls. There should have been maybe three interceptions for Zach Calero. So so that is my concern. It's a fair concern, and we know that Calgary's defense full of ball hawks, and 
I think what you got to look at with Caleros is the last three games he's played against the Stampeders, he has won all three, dating back to last year. Mm-hmm. Three in a row. I don't know how many quarterbacks over the last decade can say they beat Calgary yeah. three straight times. And it's funny to say that because when he was with Hamilton, he could, they could never get over um, the Calgary Stampeders. But no matter what happens, this is a crazy story. You have Caleros has been on more t- before that game against Calgary. He had been on more teams than he'd had pass attempts. <laughs> he'd had zero pass attempts, and he's been on three teams this year. It's one of the best stories in the CFL. It is. And you, ha- you almost have to be rooting for Winnipeg, considering yeah. the circumstances. They're on their third quarterback of the year. A guy who's been on his third team You're of right, the Matt season. Matt Nichols. We forget. We forget Matt Nichols. And, I mean, I think they can be very creative. Paul LaPolice, obviously one of the top offensive minds in the CFL. Michael can, Shea, creative as well. And they can use both quarterbacks very effectively, a way to kind of disturb the rhythm of Calgary's defense and the way they can plan for the game, knowing that Strebler's there, knowing that Caleros is there, and Caleros is more of the game manager type. I hate to use that term, but I think it's appropriate in this respect. And Strebler's a guy who can kind of create a different look for Winnipeg's offense. I'd be nervous if I was Calgary especially if they're heading into Winnipeg, which I don't expect to happen. It's going to be Winnipeg at Calgary in the West Semi, and that will be a hell of a matchup. Let's move on to second down. Second down. Second down. We continue with our boy David Sanchez. Are the Edmonton Eskimos, are they making the right move by resting Trevor Harris? There's some questions about maybe the future of this staff with the Edmonton Eskimos, that they were concerned with public perception or pleasing people or maybe their record. They dress all their starters and try to win this game. But if this is a staff that's doing what's best for the Edmonton Eskimos and what's going to give them the best chance to win in the playoffs, it's sitting these guys. They're making the right decision. There's no doubt about it. Your thought, AK, when you consider in Hamilton – Dane Evans played that entire game last week against the, the, the The difference there being that Evans has the extra week as they will be hosting the East Final. I am very reluctant to disagree with Davis Sanchez because I love and respect <laughs> Davis, but in this case, I do. Trevor Harris has played very few meaningful snaps in the last month or so. Those, he was very impressive with Saskatchewan, don't get me wrong, but you're looking at an Edmonton Eskimos team that is 1-9 against playoff teams this year. And Saskatchewan needs the win this week in order to clinch the West. It's a competitive environment that I think Harris needs. And I think the Eskimos as a whole need. They need to play up to their competition and be rolling into the playoffs if they have any hope against Montreal. And I understand the concern with injury. Don't get me wrong. And I understand Logan Kilgore is not a quality CFL quarterback at this point in his career. Yeah. But I think you need to get some consistency going. You need to really have that offense flowing heading into the playoffs. Or that one and nine record will quickly become one and ten. Oh, absolutely! You want it like you almost can treat this as a playoff game um, because Saskatchewan, because the stakes are high, and for Edmonton, the stakes haven't been high for the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, once they knew they were going to be crossing over to the East, I agree. I think it should be Harris. I think they need to work on things. I think they need to, you know, tr- throw the ball deep, challenge the secondary, work. On, there, there's plenty of stuff to work on. This has been an underwhelming season um, for the Edmonton Eskimos. We thought we were going to do better after they took every good offensive player from the Red Blacks, and we saw what it did to the Red Blacks, who have absolutely been trash. By the way, later in the show, I want, I want to get into a little conversation because do you realize Ottawa started the season, started the season beating Calgary and Saskatchewan. 
calling the Red Blacks trash, Matthew, oh is an God. insult to trash. It's Don't do that. You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Let's move on to third down. Third down. Seriously, they, they beat Calgary and Saskatchewan. Can, can they, <laughs> we need a 30 for 30 on that. Get on it, ESPN. Uh, finally, debate uh, between the CFL and TSN crew. Who should rep the West? Because we know in the East it's going to be Brandon Banks. I said it last week. And Banks had three touchdowns. That conversation is over. What about in the West? Well, before this game, the Saskatchewan and Edmonton game, I was up in the air. But right now, it's Cody Fajardo. He showed me so much in that game. He showed me a lot during the rest of the year. But that game right there, that solidified it for me. He should represent the West as the MOP. Well, hey, nobody's played better than Brian Burnham, guys. Brian Burnham's been lighting up the league. Mr. Highlight Reel, Mr. Thrill Hill Highlight Reel. Hey, he deserves it because his last name is Burnham. That's all he does in DB, guys. Interesting. So the guy in Winnipeg who has the best stats out of everybody named Andrew Harris. He's not in the conversation. He's in the conversation. It's not for the media to decide if a player who's been been suspended is eligible or not. Mm. You're supposed to decide if he's the best player or not. Mm. Andrew Harris is the best player in the West. First off, Brian Burnham, get out of here. Trash. I'm sorry. Uh, Listen, he's he's had a great year, but I would not go with uh, Brian Burnham. To me, it's about Fajardo versus Andrew Harris. And give credit to Fajardo. He signs that big contract. And then he goes out and puts up 429 yards, uh, beats Edmonton in a game they were trailing 14 nothing. But in the end, I'm going Andrew Harris. Andrew, Andrew Harris is the most outstanding player in the West. I completely agree. Andrew Harris should be the most outstanding player in the West. And you could probably make the argument that Andrew Harris should be the most outstanding player in the entire CFL. But we know from Dave Naylor's reporting where he consulted with the football reporters Coming out of Winnipeg, it does not seem likely that Harris is going to get the nomination from the Winnipeg media. Rightful or rightfully or wrongfully, it's a it's a difficult discussion. We certainly know what Andrew Harris tested positive for and missed two games as a result of, but it's he's not going to get the nod. It doesn't seem like anyways, and if he can't get the nod, obviously you can't be the West representative. As far as Cody Fajardo goes, outstanding is Probably one of the last words I would use to describe his play. He's a terrific player. Yeah. A very consistent player. 18 touchdowns in 17 games. Yes, the yardage is there. Yes, the completion percentage is there. But the completion percentage is there for everyone. And this is not an outstanding player. I love Cody Fajardo. He's a great quarterback. It's a great story. Ryan Burnham is more outstanding than Cody Fajardo. That is a straight-up fact. Yeah. I I would agree. Listen, the quarterback always gets the benefit of the doubt, but... If if you're looking at Cody Fajardo, you have to look at Shaq Evans and Kyron Moore. Yep. Both those guys had big games against Edmonton. And for, listen, Fajardo's good. He's a good quarterback. He's a great story. He has a potential to get better. He gives Saskatchewan something they haven't had since the Darian Durant peak days. So good for him. But it's Andrew Harris first, Brian Burnham second, Fajardo third. And Fajardo can't take away his 10 rushing touchdowns. This man is an absolute animal in the red zone. We know that. But outstanding is not the word I would use to describe him. And I think ultimately he's going to get the nod simply because we've seen Charleston Hughes fall off in the second half. We've seen Willie Jefferson fall off in the second half. Two of the leading contenders certainly at midseason. You're talking about Cody, you're talking about Burnham, and you're talking about Harris. I don't think Harris gets the nod from Winnipeg. I think Burnham playing on BC, that terrible team all year, is going to hurt him. And I think Cody's going to be the representative in the end. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, Burnham isn't trash. It's more just uh, on the 5 and 12 lines. I don't think, exactly. anyone, I don't think anyone should get it. All right, we got uh, coming up next uh, or in, a, in, a, in the third segment in about like 15 minutes' time, Rod Smith is going to be joining the show. 
But coming up next, I'm going to give you some crazy statistics about just how good the Hamilton Cats are. This is Three Downs. That's Aaron Koronik. I'm Matthew Cause. The show's brought to you by Domino's. Grab a delicious four-topping pizza for just $12.99 tonight. Check out all the great carryout and delivery deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. More on CFL Weekly coming up right after this. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. I'm Matthew Cause. That's Eric Karolnik. You're listening to the TSN Radio Network. It's the final week, my friend. It's the final week, AK. Where's the time go? I cannot believe it. The playoffs next week. I love the playoffs. The weather gets cold. The football gets even more intense. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I love that. It was good. I feel like you were doing like a promo for uh, But for legitimately, CFL, I am so I excited for the playoffs. And, man, it just can't come soon enough. This it's, week, eh. There's going to be a couple of good games. Well, it's it's all about who wins the West, you know. Like, and the problem is this week would have been better if Trevor Harris had started, absolutely, and if Edmonton was going to do whatever they could to beat Saskatchewan. But it kind of feels like they're rolling out the red carpet. Yeah, Saskatchewan gets the win, then the Calgary BC game doesn't really have the same gravitas. Well, Calgary needs the win against BC to ensure that they host the West semifinal. So it's that's a very true. important game for them. That's, you know, they're that's not. A good they're not going to be resting anyone. They're going to be going full bore against BC who's throwing out Danny O'Brien and Brandon Bridge, a quarterback. So they can't pose much of an issue to Calgary. It's a very important game for Calgary. The Saskatchewan game is also very important. And no, those but are... you're right. You're right. It's a good point because I'm focused so much on Saskatchewan and Edmonton. I forget the fact that Calgary still has something to play for yeah. no matter what uh, happens in that, uh, in that earlier game. So the Hamilton Ticats, what have they got, three losses this year? 14-3, and three, Matt. Those three games, they've lost by a combined... 13 points. And their two losses to the West were by six total points. Like, everyone looks at Hamilton and goes, oh, you fatten up on the East. You know what? They did. They also fattened up on the West. Sure, they swept BC. They also swept Edmonton. They swept Winnipeg. They split against Saskatchewan and Calgary. And those two losses were by five points and one point. It is an incredible run for the Hamilton Ticats who, kind of like Calgary, have gone through about 100 different running backs, and they also lost Jeremiah Masoli, who was last year's Eastern rep for the MOP. Dane Evans has arguably been the best player in the CFL since Labor Day. It's not an outlandish statement. He's been a consistent monster. And Brandon Banks is going to win the most outstanding player in the league this year. I think that's safe to say. But it's been their defense that has been perhaps the most impressive aspect of Hamilton. Mm Mm-hmm. They've allowed a league-low 13 passing touchdowns, less than one a game. That's remarkable. And you got to keep in mind, they miss, they've been missing Delvin Bro for the better part of the season. Yeah. The efficiency rating they've held opposing quarterbacks to, 77.9, by far the lowest in the CFL. So unless you're able to muster a strong ground game against Hamilton, which can open up the pass for you, you're in big trouble if you expect to generate any type of offense. And you got Simone Lawrence. 
You got Jagarid Davis. That is, I mean, that was the big one. Getting him from, I mean, A, good for you, Calgary, for still being really good when you lost guys like Jagarid Davis. But Jagarid Davis has been a huge difference maker um, for the Hamilton Ticats. And when Delvin Bro is 100%, I mean, that's the best corner. You know, I, know, I think Trey Roberson's been the best corner this year just for the body work for the entire season. But uh, the Bro show is just it's it's so hard to throw. He's against. absolutely locked down. Yeah. And when you think ahead to the matchups that Hamilton could be facing in the East final, whether it's Montreal, Eugene Lewis at that boundary wide receiver slot, mm-hmm. he would match up with Delvin Bro or Devaris Daniels with Edmonton. Those yep. are very important weapons for both those teams. And when you have that lockdown, shut down island type of corner that you can rely on, like Delvin Bro, it means worlds for your defense. So that goes to the obvious conversation. Who should be coach of the year? Everyone's talking about MOPs, and this is when we talk about it. And I, the, the only thing that always bothers me in the CFL, they usually they don't announce it until so, like, way after even the Grey Cup. I wish they would. Uh, don't they announce it at the Shaw CFL Awards I'm on trying to remember, Thursday I, of Grey Cup? I believe they do. I always remember that the, the winners would be announced. like way, Anyway, um, I don't know how it can't be Orlando Steinhauer. Hamilton last year, they went 8-10. and 10. Hamilton this year. Jeremiah Masoli gets injured. I believe they're leading running back, you know, like under 300 yards. Or Sean something. Thomas Erlington going down early in the season. Yeah, and they've had so down. many different, you know, running backs there. Uh, as I mentioned, Delvin Bro got hurt. Luke Tasker caught a couple passes. It was his first game, you know, since early or sometime in August. I look at what Hamilton's done. It's got to be Orlando Steinauer. I think you cannot possibly take anything away from Orlando Steinauer. You can't take anything away from Craig Dickinson with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Two amazing candidates who have done remarkable jobs with their team. But my vote goes to Kahari Jones. This is a guy who took over a team in complete disarray, both on and off the field. Ownership situations. Cavis Reed and firings. No one had any idea what was going on with the Montreal Alouettes, a team that had been in the playoffs since 2014. He comes in and writes the ship. Vernon Adams becomes a quality CFL quarterback. Talk about that offense. That defense, by the way, with Bob Slowick as their defensive coordinator, was a disaster early on the season. Yep. Kahari Jones comes in, turns them into a respectable unit. And, I, I mean, listen, you can't take anything away from Hamilton's coach or from Saskatchewan's coach. Both did amazing jobs this year. But I think considering the circumstances, you need to strongly consider what Kahari did. I think the best argument, and it's a good argument, is look at Montreal last year and look how they finished the year. How many double-digit losses did they have? How many times did they lose by, like, 20 points? As much as, as, as Hamilton had a losing record, Hamilton was a team last year that— they, they were weird. They were 8-10, and 10, but they had great splits in terms of yardage differential, scoring differential. It was just bad luck. But you're right. Montreal was morbid. And Montreal, that's a good point about franchise instability and to be able to push that out of the way and still coach the guys. Hamilton, it's great management. It's great ownership. There's a nice infrastructure there. So absolutely. It's like I'm, go, I'm still going Steinauer. But you made a really compelling case about why it should be uh, Kari. Yeah, and I think that uh, all three of those coaches in their first years with their respective organizations, which really is a testament to some of the coaching talent around the CFL and hello Toronto Argonauts, you could probably use some of that in your own right. But you go back to you can't de- you can't deny the fourteen and three record for Hamilton. They're going to yeah. be atop the East. I think Saskatchewan will ultimately be the top of the West, mm-hmm. and that goes a long way. But hosting a playoff game, and yes, it's in the East. I give the nod to Kahari Jones. Think about this. At the beginning of the year, would um, 
would you have believed that the top team in the East would be quarterbacked by Dane Evans <laughs> and the top team in the West would be quarterbacked by Cody Fajardo? It's, it, it is crazy. And, and, and for both those guys, I give a lot of credit to the team around them. Like, like with Dane Evans, to Braylon Adson, uh, to Brandon Banks, uh, to that offensive line. Oh, yeah. You know, they're, I mean, certainly not to the running game or the running backs. Uh, and speaking of the running game, can Calgary go to the Grey Cup with the worst running attack in the CFL? Not the worst running attack in the West. They're even below uh, the Toronto Argonauts. They've rushed this year for 1,247 yards. I think that's what, like, Andrew Harris has. Yeah, that's actually, actually, Andrew Harris has more than 1,380, his 1,380 yards. So. Almost like you do fantasy. Yes, well, I'm looking at it right now. I can't, I'm not kind of be, I got to be perfectly honest with you, Matt. No, no, but this is radio. You lie all can, the time. Can they get there? Yes. We've seen a... A lackluster rushing attack in the past. Don Jackson was the guy. Mm-hmm. And Romar Morris was the guy last year. And certainly Calgary suffered a ton of injuries. And I know I'm, I'm not going to ask you to try to pronounce Calgary's starting running back right now. Do you no. want to take a... No. want to take a... <laughs> no. I mean, Milanovic Litre, I believe is how you say Oof. it. Yeah. And <laughs> he's been... He's a solid guy. You can pound the rock. Don Jackson's still there. But this is a team that's built around Bo Levi Mitchell's arms and Reggie Bagleton and Eric Rogers. Josh Huff has been great. Your boy Herji Mayala yeah. has certainly been a revelation in the past month or so for him for Calgary. And I think they can they can get it done without the rushing attack. But again, again, once you get into those cold games on the prairies, you know the Grey Cup's going to be in Calgary. You might have to play a game, a snow game next week in Calgary as well. The running game becomes a little bit more of a focal point in those type of uh, temperatures and those type of atmospheres. So they might have to uh, lean on Don Jackson a little bit more than they have in the past. And I just, you know, Bo Levi Mitchell, 331 yards per game since he returned, 15 touchdowns, eight picks. Uh, Three of those picks were in the Labor Day game against uh, Edmonton, uh, which I I believe was still a win for Calgary. Um, And I bring up the point about the running attack because Calgary lost – to Winnipeg with Bo Levi Mitchell having one, you know, we, we, I'm going to bring it up in the next segment with um, with Rod Smith. I want to talk about that, but you know, Bo Levi Mitchell, 350 yards and four touchdowns, and they lose, and they lose like that. That to me is weird. Usually Mitchell, you know, will win the games when he doesn't put up a ton of yards, but when he does put up the the fantasy numbers, and the team still loses by one, that was an odd result for me. Oh, absolutely. That goes without saying. That was a testament to some of the terrific play of Zach Caleros last week as well. Yeah. Very impressive in his debut, and we, we've certainly been talking about it all show. We'll talk about it all week yeah. is the inevitable showdown between Winnipeg and Calgary Part 2, which I think ultimately Calgary will win, and you're going to see an incredible game in the West Finals between the Riders and the Stamps. I know rest versus rust is a big thing, especially in the East with all the quarterbacks. What were your thoughts? Like Hamilton beat Montreal last week, a game that meant nothing. Uh, 38-26, and I went back and looked at the game log. I get Dane Evans. Okay, they're going to play him a couple series, you know. Um, uh, I mean, they played him until there was four minutes to play. Evans was still throwing passes with four minutes to play with his team up 35-26. Compare that to Vernon Adams Jr. left the game with eight minutes uh, in the second quarter. Well, I think the difference there is pretty clear is that the Ticats have the bye heading to the East Final while Montreal plays next week. So you're going to see Dane Evans on the same type of load management that Vernon this week that Vernon Adams Jr. was on last week. I think you see Dane rolled out for maybe a quarter against the Argos, and you'll see Watford and Moore head in for the Ticats for the 
for the duration of the game. I don't see Brandon Banks suiting up this week. No. You can't possibly risk that. Braylon Addison take a seat. Simone Lawrence, you need your most valuable players. Davis. All you guys. You can't risk anything if you're Hamilton, and you have the week off to prepare, to practice, to rest. That's what they need to focus on if you're the Ticats. Yeah, go grab a couple McMaster Marauders. You know, do it. Do whatever you got to do, Hamilton. You don't need to. Uh... Is Jesse Lumsden available? Oh my God! Don't go down there if you want to do the 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 great McMaster play. Jason Pottinger, Ray Murez. We can go up and down. Marshall Ferguson. Marshall Fred. That guy. You know, more of a check down uh, captain. <laughs> he was much more of a you know more of a game manager. All right, coming up next, it is CFL and TSN host. Rod Smith, I'm Matthew Koz, that's Aaron Karolnik. You're listening to CFL Weekly on the TSN Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to the TSN Radio Network. I'm Matthew Koz. This is CFL Weekly. That man on my right, that's Aaron Karolnik. Hey, hey. AK, how are you excited? How much excited are you for our next I guest? I am super excited. This is one of my broadcasting role models, heroes, terrific guy. Yes. He also does some damage at the Grey Cup, which you will see in action in Calgary in just a couple of weeks, Matthew. That's right. Very I cannot. Exciting. I cannot wait. The man, the voice, the legend. It is Rod Smith. Rod, how you doing, buddy? Good, Matthew. Aaron, what's what's about this damage that I do with the great guy? <laughs> yeah, what sorry. kind of rumors are you spreading? Yeah, it's, oh. a good, it's a good point. You know what? We're gonna. I, I think we could do the entire interview just uh, just on that. If, if if you'd like, Rod, or do you want to talk football? Well, you can talk about damage to the Grey Cup or damage to the Grey Cup, like Kelly Bates back in 2006. But that was a different kind of damage. That okay. literally was damage to the Grey Cup. And you guys remember that? Now, is that which one is uh, I, when I think of the Grey Cup being damaged, I think of it of uh, people falling it or you know being trampled oh, it, by a horse. It has stories to tell, I'm sure. But Kelly Bates with the BC Lions, I guess yep. he, I don't know if he was one of their captains, but when they did the presentation in Winnipeg when they beat oh. Montreal, it it fell apart. Yes, it, that's right. Yeah, and he, he always gets blamed for literally breaking the cup. But anyway. Yeah. Um, before we get to, to what I think is the biggest story from last week, Zach Caleros, I want to ask you, I, I have a football r- riddle for you. Okay. How the hell does Winnipeg win a game against Calgary where Calgary is plus one in the turnover ratio and Bo Levi Mitchell throws for 350 yards and four touchdowns, and yet Calgary loses 29-28? It's crazy, isn't it? I yeah. mean, and maybe... The- I wouldn't call it karma. The Stampeders are too good for for that kind of explanation. But how many times have we seen Calgary, uh, especially with Bo, not rack up uh, significant numbers but find a way to win? This is one of those odd occasions where the Stampeders found a way to lose a game. But uh, it made for a great story, and uh, especially the Calero story. And it makes it more intriguing should these two meet in the playoffs, and it certainly looks like they will. Well, let's get there because, to me, uh, the, the biggest takeaway is, and we mentioned in the first block, before that game against Calgary, Zach Caleros had played on more teams than he had at pass attempts, as he had zero after yeah. week one after the injury uh, by Simone Lawrence. Uh, were you shocked or were you surprised uh, seeing Zach Caleros, who threw some bad balls, but he got the win and had some impressive moments? Uh, pleasantly surprised. I'd have to put it that way, Matt. I mean, I have been, uh, and it's a difficult thing to say when you got Henry Burris beside you, but in 2015, when Henry ended up winning the MOP, uh, at the time the Claros went down with the Ticats, um, I thought he was the best player in the CFL um, and suffered the ACL injury. So this was before the concussions. And he was just not the same, even in that aspect coming back. And then you add the, the problem with the concussions. A lot of us wanted to believe and just see if, if 2015 Zach Caleros could ever come back. Now, obviously, this one game last Friday doesn't mean that he has a, a, 
although he did show little flashes, but um, I just, it was, it was easy to start doubting that he would just be healthy enough to ever reach that level again, let alone, you know, maybe even play again. I, I, I thought it was um, bizarre the way it played out in Toronto that he never took a snap, never got in a game. And it really made you wonder if, you know, what his future was. Certainly, I didn't think he'd play again in 2019, that's for sure. Uh, Rod Smith, the CFL TSN host, is on the line with us. Rod, we were discussing. By the way, early. I think people know that. They hear the voice. You're right. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know. know what I'm doing here. <laughs> um, we talked about Zach Caleros, and to me and to Matt, it seems like he's going to be the guy for Winnipeg going forward. Yeah. What type of challenge does he present to Calgary, especially if, assuming they're playing in the West semifinal, if Chris Trevler is back healthy, how do you expect Mike O'Shea to manage the workloads of his two quarterbacks? Well, it'll be interesting, uh, Aaron, just because even when Matt Nichols was healthy, uh, O'Shea, specifically Paul Apolis, their offensive coordinator, was very good at using Strebler, not just short yardage, but just in, in, in certain situations offensively. Uh, it was an interesting little quarterback tandem where obviously you have one guy, the starter playing, getting most of the reps, but Strebler was used very creatively, and his running ability is just so unique. Uh, among professional quarterbacks, that uh, it's it's brilliant for them to take advantage of that. That said, with Caleros, you could see it uh, Friday in, in Winnipeg against Calgary, what he can do that that uh, Chris Strebler simply cannot do, accurately throw the football, and uh, that one to Darvin Adams especially. It was a great catch by Adams, but with Caleros running around and making a play like that, that one, of course, was the the highlight, the real eye-popper out of the 22 completions that he had. And that gives them, finally, um, like they had with Nichols before he got hurt, um, uh, you know, a better dimension to an offense that doesn't really thrive on passing yards. It's, you know, that's better at running the football, of course, of course with, uh, with Andrew Harris. And um, uh, it makes them a lot more dangerous. And uh, obviously, you know, it'll just depend. Will the game be in Winnipeg? Will the game be in, in McMahon? Uh, if it plays out the way I think, I think Saskatchewan's getting you know, first in the West, and they'll get the bye, and probably Calgary beats BC. So it's probably going to be Calgary hosting Winnipeg this time. But um, it's really, really interesting now if you throw Caleros in the mix, especially since he, he does have that game under his belt and a little bit of confidence. Rod, another interesting storyline that I'm tracking is rest versus rust. It's, an eternal, mm-hmm. it's the eternal debate in football, and this week the Edmonton Eskimos are at the forefront of it. Jason Moss comes out and says, Trevor Harris... Not likely to play this week. It'll be Logan Kilger for the Edmonton Eskimos. And Edmonton is 1-9 and nine against playoff teams this year. They haven't had a lot of continuity, a quarterback this year, with Trevor Harris in and out of the lineup. How do you view Jason Moss's decision to sit Harris out this week? Well, I don't personally have a problem with it from the standpoint that I don't, you know, I don't know specifically how his, um, how his health is on that, on that passing arm, the elbow, and maybe they figure, you know, if he went down in a, in a, a meaningless game, it can't do anything for them. Um, and then they go to Montreal the next week and then there's a problem. It just wouldn't make sense. So I could certainly understand his time being limited if he did play at all, but it doesn't sound like he's going to play at all uh, in Saskatchewan. But he did get in for that one. He was, what, uh, 27 to 37, looking at the numbers here, 321, uh, threw a couple of picks, threw a touchdown pass, but at least he got that action in. And that must be enough for Moss when they know who their opponent is going to be. But it's interesting. You point out that stat, that one and nine against playoff teams, and was uh, going back and forth with Mike Benavides about this. 
that that one win was against the Alouettes, but you remember the season opener at Commonwealth, Antonio Pipkin had been designated by Kahari Jones as their number one quarterback. He got hurt. Vernon Adams came off the bench. They were 17 points down, the Alouettes were. They came back and tied it at 25 before a late touchdown by Edmonton won it for them. And that is the one and only victory, uh, as you point out, for the Eskimos against playoff teams this year. Um, they'll be in tough in Montreal, especially in Montreal against that Alouettes team with Vernon Adams having so much more confidence than he would have had back then in week one. It's going to be a tough task, and if they feel resting Harris is the way to go, at this stage, I don't really, uh, I don't have a problem with that myself. Hey, Rod, thank you so much. And again, uh, I don't know how you do it sometimes with those clowns on the panel. When those guys get going and I'm just watching you, like, okay, how do I rein the cats in? You do a fantastic job. Always love listening to you and the rest of the esteemed panel, my friend. I, it's a fun job, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Matthew, Aaron, thank you, guys. Take care. Bye, Rod. Bye. Wouldn't you want that voice? Wouldn't you want that voice? Are you kidding me, Matthew? Listen to our dulcet tones. Hello there. I'm Matthew hey. Cause. You're listening to CFL Weekly. I know you have a Bane impersonation, Matt. Give it to us, buddy. I don't have a Bane impersonation. <laughs> I was born in the dark. All right. Coming up next, it is our gambling, playoff predictions, maybe some fantasy. It's the time when Aaron Karolnik, or as we call him, Sergeant Spread, where he takes over. And by the way... This show brought to you by Domino's. Grab a delicious four-topping pizza for just $12.99 tonight. Check out all the great carryout and delivery deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. I'm Matthew Cause. That's Aaron Karolnik. You're listening to CFL Weekly on the TSN Radio Network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Welcome back, everybody. This is CFL Weekly, right here on the TSN Radio Network. I'm Matt because that is Aaron Korolnik. Most of the segment be dominated by AK because we'll do a little gambling. We'll do a little fantasy. It's a little trickier, you know, just because uh, you never know who's going to play, who's going to play for how long. And sometimes, you know, coaches, you know what they do? They often lie to you. But before we get to any of that, and this is sort of a fantasy question, um, do I have to change my tune, AK? when it comes to McLeod Bethel-Thompson? Because it's a guy that you love. It's a guy I'm always a little wary of because I always wonder about the numbers in garbage time. But after that win over Ottawa, they beat up the poor Red Blacks 39-9 last week. He is uh, leads the league with touchdowns with 26 and became the first quarterback of the year to throw for over 4,000 yards. No matter how you slice it, those are impressive numbers. They are impressive. And you know I am a fan of McLeod Bethel-Thompson. This, yeah, whole narrative, this whole narrative surrounding the Toronto Argonauts that their quarterback is the big problem is a laughable narrative. I have no idea what it's coming from, where it's coming from. And if you pay any attention to the Toronto Argonauts for the last two seasons, you know it's their defense that is the problem. Certainly this year it has not been their quarterback position. McLeod Bethel-Thompson has been more than adequate. That being said, if you look at 
You take away his three games against the Red Blacks this year where he put up more than 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns in those mm. three games. Yeah. Destroyed those, those, yep. the Red Blacks this year. And that's an absolutely atrocious defense that he just feasted on. His numbers, not, not, not as impressive. That's my question. Can he, and it's not about him dominating these teams at West, but can he give a team to win on the road against Calgary, against Winnipeg, against Saskatchewan. You're talking. Let's look at some of the free agent quarterbacks. There's a number of them. You're talking about Nick Arbuckle with the Stamps. You're yep. talking about perhaps Jeremiah Masoli. That's with Hamilton. the big one. Chris Trevler. You take if you can get Jeremiah Masoli, assuming he's healthy. That's your guy if you're the Toronto Argonauts. Yeah. But if you're telling me that you're going to take Nick Arbuckle, or no. you're going to take Chris Trevler, nope. or you're going to take. Uh, like a number of guys who just are Zach Caleros is another guy who been who's mentioned as the Argos quarterback next year. What have those guys shown in the CFL or anywhere else that they're better than McLeod Bethel Thompson? A guy who's shown week in and week out yeah. nine three hundred plus passing yard games for MBT. He's gonna lead the league in passing touchdowns, and we'll see what the depth charts looks like. Possibly leads the league in passing yards, unlikely, but he's been rock solid. And if you compare MBT with another quarterback, you know, you're just building continuity in the offense. We don't know what the Argos coaching staff's going to look like, but I've been very impressed with McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Everything within the organization suggests he's a top teammate. Everyone really likes him. He's a good leader. Yep. And for whatever reason, the Toronto Argonauts brand uh, brass does not seem to be on board with, with Bethel-Thompson, but I think they, this is a guy they need to keep around. And try to bring back uh, Darrell Walker as well. By the way, poor Ottawa. Argos defense forced 10 punts. They had a, Ottawa had 11 penalties for 95 yards. Just a trash year. So the Ottawa Redbacks have been starting Will Arndt, a quarterback, yeah. for the last three weeks. He's been so bad that mm. they, they're going back to Dominique Davis. They're ending the year how they started the year, with Dominique Davis. Dominique Davis, Davis was absolutely terrible in his last few starts with Ottawa. Interception machine. You know what Dominique Davis did in week one? He beat, <laughs> he beat Calgary 32-28. I believe he had four interceptions in that game, though. They so. probably did, but they, even they, how did they win? How did they like, I, I I have to do a column on this. I need to I need to get that game film and rewatch Calgary uh, that that Calgary loss in week one and fourteen since oh week my two. God, yeah, because you know in week two they beat Saskatchewan forty four forty one. One in 14 cents. Anyway, sorry, uh, some gambling, some fantasy advice. What do you got, my friend? Let's start with gambling. Sure. And, of course, we have Montreal and Ottawa. We have Toronto and Hamilton. Those two games will be very tough to handicap until we see the depth charts released. So we're going to steer clear of those. Two games I'm focusing on. Saskatchewan, a nine-point favorite against the Edmonton Eskimos. And we've already heard Jason Moss come out and say they're resting Trevor Harris. I imagine C.J. Gable will also be out. Greg Ellingson's been banged up. I imagine he sits. Some guys on the defensive side of the ball will sit as well. Saskatchewan needs this game to clinch the West. I think they win by two touchdowns or more in that one. I think some value as far as that game goes. What are your thoughts, Matt? Um, you're right about depth chart. Edmonton's got a really good defense. Yeah. And Saskatchewan's got to be feeling pretty good about winning, you know, beating Edmonton the week before. I agree with you that Saskatchewan's going to win. It's the points that make me nervous. Yeah. It's the it's a point to make nervous because Edmonton's got a. Let, let's face it, um, it, it's not like Trevor Harris lit the world on fire, but I mean Logan, he's far far better than Logan Kilgore. I like a lot of the defense for the Eskimos, so I, I I'm going to go with a Saskatchewan win, but an Edmonton cover. Well, Cody did put up 430 on Edmonton's off defense last week. 429. So 429. Apologies. <laughs> well, maybe you'll feel a little bit better about Calgary as oh, yeah. a seven point favorite at BC. BC's Crush coming show. off the bye. Crush show. I, I'm totally with you. I guess I wonder, Matt, the home field. 
So if, if Cal- the importance for Calgary in this game, assuming Saskatchewan beats Edmonton, is that if they beat BC, they will host Winnipeg in the West semifinal. Yeah. How important is that to them, considering they know they could rest Bo, they could rest Rodgers and Bagleton, maybe some of the banged-up guys, Cordero Law banged up on the defensive side. Do you think that is that, that home date is enough to go full bore against BC? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think, you know, I think they're going to go full bore also because they did lose to Winnipeg. Also, you look at their last two losses. It's weird with Calgary against Montreal and, um, and, and, and against the Blue Bombers. Both those games, they outgained them. They outgained them by pretty significant margins. It's just a lot of times it was the mistakes, the little issues in the margins. So I think they're going to want to correct that. So I think Calgary goes full bore. Let's go to CFL fantasy because it's the last week of the season. Yeah. yeah. How'd you do? 41st in the world. No big deal. Oh, because you moved up last I time. You were like 62nd. Three, I was, yes. I had a pretty big week uh, yeah. thanks to Cody Fajardo. Fajardo was big Was excellent. Uh, AJ Ouellette mm-hmm. with the Toronto Argonauts. A quality performance. Wow. Against, well, 2500 bucks. Can't pass up on a starting running back for that price. And AJ Ouellette might come up with my some of my picks for this week as well. So two mainstays at the top of the quarterbacks. You have Bo Levi Mitchell and Cody Fajardo. Two guys who we imagine will get full reps and play all four quarters. Those are two studs. Two guys I want to suggest to you, though, as yeah. low-cost alternatives. Matt Schiltz. Mm-hmm. If Vernon Adams Jr. is not playing in this game and Matt Schiltz is giving the opportunity to play four quarters, he's got an excellent matchup against the Ottawa Red Blacks, a team that has just been savaged week in and week out on the defensive side of the ball, their secondary, awful, though they're talking about Antoine Pruneau playing, which could pose a little bit of an issue for mm-hmm. Matt Schultz. He's a low-cost option, and I hate to say it, Dominique Davis, if he's going for the Ottawa Red Blacks against Montreal, who's going to rest some guys, Tommy Campbell, he knocked Muama set last week, and even then, Montreal was getting lit up in their secondary the last couple weeks prior to that. He could be an interesting punt play for you at just over $5,000 at the quarterback position. Your thoughts? Um, I'm going back. You're right about just, you know, loading up against Ottawa. But with Dominic Davis, it's funny. This is his last. This is his last chance. Like, yeah. I, I'm curious about the desperation there to actually do something of significance. I'm open to see Michael O'Connor. Yeah, just, I think you might. Just, I think just you might. Give me the Canadian. Just give me the Canadian quarterback. Every, every time. And I think you see Dakota Prukop get a longer look. He was pretty impressive. O'Connor was impressive. Again, you're talking about against the Red Blacks team, and this week the Argos are going up against the league-best passing defense of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. But I, if you're the Argonauts, I don't see why you throw McLeod Bethel-Thompson out there. You know what he is. You know he's good. Why not get a good look at Dakota Prukop and Michael O'Connor, both of whom could be very low-cost fantasy options if one is given yeah. the full game. I don't think. I think ultimately they'll probably split the game. To the running back position, William Powell's a guy you can look at. He's got a favorable matchup against Edmonton, a team that gives up the second most yards per carry in the CFL, though Powell is hit and miss sometimes. A lot of touchdowns, but if he's not scoring, he might not necessarily produce to the point you're hoping for. Another guy, A.J. Ouellette, who I mentioned earlier, I imagine gets the start again for the Argos. James Wilder Jr. seems to be out of the mix for Toronto and the Argos. Yeah, you're going up against Hamilton, but anytime you can get a starting running back for 2,500, you have to take the opportunity John Crockett looks to be making his return for Ottawa. He was very good in limited time uh, when he was healthier early this season for the Red Blacks alongside Dom Davis. So he could be worth a look also at about $4,000 against the Montreal Alouettes. And wide receiver, you're going to have to wait and look at the depth charts once they're released because we don't really know who's in and who's out quite yet. But 
Certainly you can rely on guys on Calgary and Saskatchewan. Beyond that, it's a little flimsy. You're going to have to yeah. take a look at the depth charts. Yeah, this is one. If for the final week, you got to do your research. You know, you, you're going to have to do the work. Um, read the local beat writers, see what's going on. Or just follow me on Twitter. I'll hook you up with what, the now information. If I, if I was going to follow Aaron Korolnik on Twitter, where would I go? Aaron underscore Korolnik. That's A-A-R-O-N underscore K-O-R-O-L-N-E-K. I will also have some prop bets for you. Um, our good friends at multiple sportsbooks post player prop over-unders for quarterbacks, for wide receivers, for running backs. That uh, My friend Derek Taylor of uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders play-by-play Play boys fame. I take nice advantage of on a week-to-week basis. So keep an eye out for that, folks. AK, it has been a blast as always. The final week of the regular season. And then next week, it's the playoffs. And then soon after that, we'll be heading to the Grey Cup. Oh, baby. Ah, it's going to be absolutely glorious. Thank you so much, my friend. Get those glasses of Merlot on Ice Calgary. We're coming for you. We'll see you soon. Exactly. Okanagan, I'm coming for your wine. For Air Corolla, (laughs) Nakai Matt Cause, you've been listening to CFL Weekly right here on the TSN Radio Network.